Podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me again tonight after a brief absence is Josh Cacho. Josh, how are you feeling? I mean, I'd like to have returned under better circumstances as it pertains to LAFC, but, you know, at the end of the day, um, I think we're all ready to just get out of this year and be done with it, as a, at least within the soccer circles. Um, you know, but otherwise, you know, like I said, other than being alive and here and, and being healthy, there's not a whole lot we can ask for. Yeah, I mean, I I really didn't want to have to do the Cyber the Cyber Monday special again um, for two reasons. One, I didn't want to be done with the season, given the uh, the delayed nature of the season. And secondly, I didn't want to have to talk about holes in, in the LAFC roster. But um, here we are. After losing to Seattle, there's still hope for <laughs> for LAFC to pull it out. And I think there's there's reason to be optimistic given who's coming back from uh, quarantine and COVID recovery uh, in terms of Champions League. But um, as far as MLS is concerned, I'm, I'm ready to be done with this season and looking forward to what we can do next year. So, Josh, why don't you go ahead and start us off? What do you see as the biggest need that LAFC has roster-wise? I mean, I think the defense is the easy target, right, in the sense that it's been something we've been complaining about all year long, and, you know, and we there were obvious flaws and things that, we, that everyone kind of saw. But I think a big part of it now at this point, given some of the moves they've, they've made, um, because I do like the addition of Mario, um, and now that Blackman has, you know, started to return to health, you know, obviously right back is still a big concern, but I I have to wonder that if if does time and and training together in kind of like in having finally having some continuity allow that backline to finally settle in the way that we would hope, because like I said, I do like the way that Mario plays and his ability to kind of work with the other guys on the team, um, and so for me. I'm actually going to point towards the midfield. Um, not in the sense that, you know, obviously we're missing, you know, we brought in a lot of midfielders this summer. A lot, a little bit redundant in terms of the style of play. And I think it was a lot of the moves were more for depth than anything. I think assuming that they were going to roll on from last year. But I think the big thing that was exposed this this past year is in the absence of Atuesta, who's your, you know, your six, your Regista you don't have a creative force out of the midfield. And if you don't have that there, you're going to need Liverpool-esque fullbacks to be able to create in a different way. And we just don't have either of those at this point. So the question is when you're playing against these teams that sit into a 4-2-3-1 deep block, you know, or even five-man back lines, wh- how are you going to break down defenses? And we just don't have that answer absent, right? Carlos Vela and or or Atuesta, but even then they have their limit, you know, those guys are limit. those guys can be, are limited at times. And so you have to wonder what, is there any help the midfield can get, right? I mean, like you take a team, for example, like a Liverpool, who, you know, like their midfield's never been known to be creative, but you can still improve. You can add a guy like a Thiago or, you know, some of these other guys who can just give you something different in different moments. Again, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to bring in a guy that's going to come in and play 90 minutes a game right away, but just having that guy who can come in and, and do a little bit more. I mean, the things that 
again, you're kind of you you watch how Seattle, how successful Seattle has been, and to have a guy like Nicola Darrow who kind of just pops up in these spots and can orchestrate everything that happens on the field. LAFC doesn't have that that type of guy, right? We have guys who can finish, we have guys who can score, we have all the attacking talent we want in the world, but who's that bridge between, you know, the back line and the front line? And um, like I said, Atuesta does it at, at times, but sometimes, again, because of his positioning, it doesn't allow him to do it all the time. And so who's that other person who can lean on? And we just, like I said, I don't see it at this point. Yeah, I think you know, there's a lot of good stuff there, Josh. Um, in the absence of consistent attacking play from your fullbacks, which I think you can you can point to a guy like Chiqui Palacios as a guy that is going to get there, but he's young, so it's going to be inconsistent play. And then when you look across the pitch to the other side of the to the other side at right back, there's uh, who is this team's right back? Uh, sometimes it's Latif Blessing. Sometimes it's Tristan Blackman, who they clearly want to be a center back. Sometimes it's Mohamed El Munir, who, it, you know, he's left-footed. So he's going to give you one one type of look in the attacking third. Um, and I just think that it's so inconsistent that you absolutely have to uh, – you have to find a midfielder or two that are going to give you more creative play. Um, and I think that's a reasonable ask in, especially in MLS where you're not going to go out and find uh, Trent Alexander Arnold's just growing on trees that they're not, they're not here um, attacking fullbacks like that. I mean, look at, look at Alfonso Davies. I know we like to clown on uh, the best left back in the world brigade, but Alfonso Davies uh, was a winger slash fullback, and he got bought right away. Guys that are going to give you that kind of attacking prowess are going to get bought in MLS. So it might be a good idea to go ahead and go a little bit more, uh, you know, like a more practical approach where you go out and you get somebody of the profile of Nico Ladero. I don't think they're going to fit a DP into that midfield, to be honest, but um, they need something else. Uh, in order to to create more chances, and so that it's not just Carlos on the on the right wing and Diego on the on the left wing. Um, so I could I could definitely see midfield being a place where they look to upgrade, uh, and and one where frankly I think they need to, because I don't know that they're going to find really good attacking options at at fullback. So, what do you think? Uh, let me ask you what, you know, let me, let's take this one step further. For me, the midfield in that case would look like Atuesta, uh, Cifuentes, and then player X, whoever it is that they bring in. Do you see it the same way, Josh? Yeah. I mean, I think the one thing, you know, so we've, we've fallen in love with Atuesta as your Regista six, mm-hmm. but to be fair, I think he's actually, a, I think he is of that same profile as a potential at Nico Ladero. Right, and his ability to see the field and make the pass yeah, and all different things. Yeah. So part of me wonders if you can find someone that, you know, of like like a destroyer at the six or just have someone in the in the midfield spot that allows that twist to play further up the pitch while also not neglecting the defensive duties that are required at the back, does that kind of open things up a little bit more and give us what we need without actually having to go out and make 
a big splashy move, right? Because I have to wonder if that player is on the team or just a, a shift in the think the like the thought process. You know, it's like okay, we we've had Latif up the field as a dis- destroyer, right? But why not put him at the six and actually have him instead of an inverted Conte? Why isn't he actually playing that Conte role? You know, or yeah. that you yeah. know, or that deeper role. Um, where that's what his job is, just to break up play, right? Or, you know, even if it's Mark, you know, K, where you actually, you know, you have K be the sitter instead of an attacker and then let, you know, and then let Atuesta roam up the field a little bit more. I mean, again, I, or even if you play double with with, with K and Sufuentes and then let Atuesta be further up the pitch. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not, again, I think when you look at the best teams in the world, Right, their ability to shift and to do different things in certain different circumstances, what now takes them over the top after those first couple of years, right? Like Liverpool in 2017 was this high pressing rock and roll football team, but the team that actually won, you know, the Champions League and then the Premier League subsequently, right, is one that was a little bit more, you know, they were a little bit more reserved than when they pressed. They were a little bit more strategic and when they pressed, they were got they could play four two three one, they could play four three three. You know, they could do different things depending on what was called, what, you know, what the need was. Now, obviously, you're dealing with world-class players, and we don't always, you know, we have, you know, we don't, we're not, the way that MLS set up, you're not blessed with being able to field a starting 11 of, of a world-class team. But at the same time, I think you can do similar things by just being a little bit more flexible. And again, I think that's where some of the calls for, Bob to you know for them to make a change at coach you know become a little bit more valid but I don't you know I'm not I'm not quite there yet but I mean I think just little tweaks in what they've been doing um to just to get more out of what you have um I think can go a long way yeah no and I I think the distinction that you make there about world classes is good because if you look at again, we I think he's just in our heads at this point, Nico Ladero, right? He's not a world class number ten. He's not, and that's okay. That doesn't mean that he's not good. Um, but you you know your LAFC is not going to be not going to bring in James Rodriguez or Tiago or you know these guys of this profile, but somebody like that kind of like a second tier um, South American star, I think would be, would be a good idea. It doesn't have to be South American. I'm just, you know, just spitballing here. Cause I don't have a, I don't have an actual name. Um, but I think you see what that kind of player can do in MLS. If you just put them on DP money and let them be here. And I think to a large extent, that's kind of what Carlos is, right? He's not, he's not the best right winger in the world. Um, he might be top thirty, yeah, right wing. I maybe, I don't know. Um, but th- you can you see what somebody of that profile can do in MLS. They don't. It doesn't have to be, you know. It doesn't have to be the best guy in the world. It just has to be somebody that's competent and has good technique and you can you can undo a lot of what the best teams in MLS do um so that's what I that's what I'd be looking for in a midfielder again sorry to the listeners that that's not specific enough but uh I think that's where they got to go 
Yeah, I mean, I, again, I think in these moments, the the you know the call is always going to be to make the most rash decision and to make the most drastic changes possible. Oh, just get rid of everyone. But again, leagues don't work like that way. Reality doesn't work that way in terms of how you know you know your how you build a team. And I think there there are strong pieces around and things that you can do. I think the question is: Are in the has the way that we play been found out to a certain degree? The answer is yes. Mm-hmm. And then what's the next move to counter that? And yeah. you know, again, if we don't counter, right? You like talent will only do so much to overwhelm other, you know, overwhelm the uh, the opposing team, right? But at a certain point, you know. You, especially in major league soccer where you know again you're limited on the talent that you can bring in um you know your your strategy and your tactics have to kind of be able to overcome what's going on and again that's where you start to look at okay are we a little bit one-dimensional at this point where it seemed like we were so dynamic not too long ago yeah yeah i definitely i definitely think so i think teams have caught up to the idea of us pressing they know how to get around it they know um that they can play i mean this is what seattle did right seattle even though we didn't come out pressing uh the audio gave away what they were going to try and do and that was jordan morris sit jordan morris high on the on the left wing and play balls from either the deep midfield or center back his way um, and I mean, you heard this in the first 15 minutes with Brian Schmetzer yelling as one of his center backs plays the ball over the top of everybody. Yes, that's the ball. That's what we want. Um, so, I mean, teams are going to be, you know, these are professional organizations. They're going to figure out what to do. Um, so it's our, it's our job, like you said, to evolve next. And I think that has to include being better playing through the midfield. And this is something going back two years, to be honest, where you see what happens when a team bunkers against us. We have zero solutions um, for how to break that down. So um, have we talked that point to death yet? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, getting what I, I'm not sure what else can be said as it pertains to, again, that that kind of dynamic there. You know, like I said, it's either they figure it out or they don't, right? The next, the next the next move is right is to is to upend the strategy altogether right and that that's now where you're looking at coaching changes and some of these things but again yeah I, i'm not yeah. sure i'm quite there yet but i can understand the calls for it as well right right of course um okay so let's move on from the midfield because uh, i mean honestly even if they sell out to west i think they have the answer in janela he's not going to be the same as Atuesta right away um but this is, you know, the same the same GM, the same scouting department that that found out to West in the first place, and I think at this point we can we can look at Janela and see the qualities that he has and how they'll line up for the eventual sale of Atuesta. Um, and I mean, Atuesta in year one wasn't you know he wasn't getting he wasn't always starting. You had Failhaber here and. Uh, I thought even in year two, there were some parts of his game that still, still needed work. And uh, really towards the end of the season, I feel, I feel like is when he just kind of took off and became what he's, what he is now. So I don't know. I still, I still trust the process on, on Janela being the eventual uh, heir to his throne, 
but yeah i mean if there's uh, one thing that we don't have i think we can say that is really good and really settled with it within this team is the scouting department because at this yeah, point they've yeah. they've they've yet to let us down as it pertains to the ta- the young talent that they they're able to find whether it's domestic or abroad um you know and ultimately the question is again at once once that product gets the field who how the how does it all kind of fit together and i think that's where sometimes we're having a little bit of issue right right okay um i guess i'll go next I, we you you would kind of mention that um a lot of blame is is falling on the defense uh and i think you are right to say that there are problems elsewhere um but i'm going to go there now and this team clearly needs help at right back uh, we've talked about it i feel like ad nauseum at this point you bring in andy nahar uh he's either not fit or not up to par uh, all season long. I don't think he has it in him. Um, and he's been unfit. It, whether or not those are... like It's always hard to say how, how legitimate some of the answers, some of the injury reports are and how exaggerated. Oh, well, yeah, he's got a, he's got, you know, a hamstring problem that just won't go away, paging Alejandro Guido. Um, but this team needs help at right back, especially if Tristan Blackman isn't the guy and they really want to move him inside to center back. So that's, that's my next move. And for me, it doesn't have to be somebody that is going to give you a whole lot of attacking prowess, because as we mentioned about 10 minutes ago, you, you likely aren't going to find somebody who's going to um, light the world on fire at right back in MLS. I think you can find somebody who's a bit of a journeyman, kind of like, uh, Jordan Harvey or Stephen Betashore, and you're going to do good things with there. Josh, what about you at right back? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it depends on what you find, how you decide to build this team, right? Because I think the team has been at its best when we didn't have the most creative fullbacks in the world, right? The team was at its best when we had Jordan Harvey and Stephen Betashore, right? They're yeah. they're not Trent Alexander Arnold and or. Or you know Jordi Alba or whoever you want to name that that is a world class fullback that can create and almost is essentially a midfielder, right? Those guys are guys that know when to go and when to stay, right? Their positioning is generally immaculate, you know. And at this point, you know, like really, what you're looking for is are they in the right place at the right time, right? And do they make good decisions? Um, especially when you have that kind of attacking talent ahead of you, I'm not exactly sure that I'm pining for, you know, a dynamic right back, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, to be fair, like, I, you know, I, you know, like I, I was praying they would, they would bring, they would, you know, beta would have come back once we saw what we were getting from Nahar and some of these other options. Right. And it's like, I think, you know, you can look around the world and fall, you know, fall in love with this particular style of play, but there has to come an understanding that, like I said, the roster mechanisms or machinations, if you will, of uh, Major League Soccer don't quite allow to be able to play in certain styles. You know, I mean, again, yeah. as much as it stinks, like the realization kind of sets in that there's a reason why everyone plays four, two, three, one bunker and counter. Um, mm-hmm. It's because it works, and and, and so if if you're going to tell me that you're going to bring in a solid right, you know, veteran right back who 
who is a you know a decent defender, but can also handle themselves occasionally getting forward. I'm good with it. You know, like I said, I don't I don't need a a, a world class guy there. I need someone who I can trust. Um, and so that's 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 kind of where where I am at. Like I said, do I trust? You know, like someone that calls like, oh, we want to bring in DeAndre like Gedlin. I'm like, Gedlin has you know been a good player at times but has is he really a a guy that you trust defensively i don't know right right like he's good getting forward you know but defensively do i think he's unstop you know like the best right back in the world there no um you know so would i kill for a guy like who um you know even just joven jones from seattle right (laughs) At, at at fullback, yeah, like, yeah, like the perfect example of a guy. You know, he's gritty in the in the tackle, you know, but he gets forward when he needs to, you know, and I'm okay with that. Right, like I said, I, I'm not entirely sure that the best option is to have a guy that's a pure attacker. I think this team has thrived when you've had stability, and at the back, um, especially at fullback, rather than rather than um, untapped potential. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's a good point about stability too, because even if Andy Nahar is brilliant and the right guy for the job, and you know maybe maybe he is the right profile, a guy who didn't quite stick in Europe, you know what is he like twenty seven, twenty eight? Um, so it's a guy who's you know made the jump to to Europe and never made a subsequent jump to a larger club beyond Anderlecht, um, but the fact that he can't stay on the field is what's really killing you. So maybe, you know, maybe with an entire year and another off season, he's going to be okay and he'll be able to come back and fit in the system. Um, but for me, I, again, I don't, I don't see it with him. So just from a defensive perspective, so I'm, I'm, I'm in the market. And one thing about Yedlin as well is one thing that makes it tough is he's a, he'd be a returning American to MLS. Right. So I don't know who has his rights at this point. I assume it's still Seattle. Um, but you have to essentially, you have to pay the finder's fee <laughs> for whoever it is that owns his rights in MLS, which is, you know, just completely uh, frustrating that we have to deal with this sort of single entity idea, but it is what it is. So um, staying on the back line, I, I think the really the only thing that we need to talk about is the fact that I will, I absolutely want to exercise the option to buy the, to buy Mario's contract. I think he's the starting center back. And I think with Dayon and uh, who I think is out of contract this year, but I would assume they'd re-sign him. Uh, with him and Blackman available, I think you have four good center backs in Mario, Segura, Blackman, and and Yakovich. You feel good with those? Yeah, I mean, I think the only question is, what's your best? You know, what's your best combination? I think that was what you saw towards the end there. It's like, I can't. It was weird to me that they would make a move to start Segura at right back when you've never seen him there for the last two years, as yeah. opposed to just you know. Yeah. And maybe it was because there's a style issue with Segura and Mario and Blackman at right back. But, you know, I, to me, like Blackman, you know, or maybe Blackman physically just wasn't able to play right back in the way that they want him to. So that may be another thing. But again, like you would think for continuity's sake, you play Blackman outright, again, which I'm perfectly okay with. He's a good defender, 
right? Gets forward when he needs to. Um, you know, I'm, I'm okay with him being a solid option there and then having um, Mario and, and Segura anchor the back line. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because on set pieces, Blackman's going to be back anyway, so it's the, right. that height thing is a little bit moot. No, if if JT came out tomorrow and said, hey, our our back line next year is going to be El Munir or Palacios, Segura, Murillo, and, and Blackman, I'd be totally fine with it. I would be like, okay, well, don't go shopping then. Go buy, go find a, a another depth piece at center back to have with Yakovic and be done with it. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know. I, I really think they're trying to turn Blackman into a center back and to be completely fair, I think he's looked fine there. So, um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, so anything else on the back line, Josh? No, I mean, like I said, I think we've, we've probably talked this point to death. And I think now the only issue is again, how is it set up? And is there in a way that's actually productive for the team as opposed to counterproductive, which yeah, it's been yeah. at times. All right. Uh, I feel like those are the two pressing needs is an upgrade in the midfield uh, where you're not getting enough production and stability on the back line where there has been very little this year. Um, another place where there hasn't been a whole lot of stability, even though it's only a two-man race, is a goalkeeper. What are you doing with with these two, Josh? I don't. I don't know what Vermeer's contract is like, but are you bothered bringing him? Are you bothering bringing him back? That I mean, again, I think Sustainable showed us enough that I think that he's a solid option there. Um, but again, again, I think it depends on the contract, really, at the end of the day. Um, but again, you, I think you just need continuity, right? Like pick one, yeah. stick with it, and go with it. And I think that's always been the biggest issue: is that there's too much. There was too much instability along the back in that in a league like major league soccer, you know, like the, the talent level is unable to overcome. Right. Mm-hmm. It's one thing if you have a, a, a colossus of, of a center back back there, that can anchor things and then you build around it and the, the, everyone else is making match. Right. Or you have a system that allows for it, or you have a, a keeper at the back that you can build around. But, in major league soccer, it, again, I think stability is key. So, I mean, yeah. who, who I'm, I'm okay with either one. Just pick one and stick with it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm probably in the same boat. I think, I think both have have come up with big moments. Um, Vermeer's had a handful of penalty saves, and uh, but again, as we always say, it's just it's tough. It's tough to really judge it if you don't if you're not a goalkeeper or a goalkeeper coach yourself. Um, so for me, I, I, I don't know. I, depending on the contracts, I, I feel like Vermeer was only on a one-year contract, but that might be crazy considering they had to actually buy him. So I don't know. Um, let's just move on from there. I think one thing that we've neglected is, is other teams shopping within LAFC. Uh, and it's very possible that, by the end of the January window or, you know, with, during the January window, we are without two DPs uh, in Rodriguez and Rossi, who have both been linked for quite a while now to, to Italy and, and elsewhere. Um, what do you think the likelihood is that both of these guys are sold? I'm going to put it at, I mean, again, it, it's a weird year because, again, I think the spending, 
I think I don't think teams around the world have quite figured out what their finances look like heading into next year. Because one of the things I was wondering, even for Major League Soccer, right, is like, has the collective bargaining agreement, you know, is that thrown out the door the way that it was in the NBA and some of those other places? And so at this point, you have to kind of look, wonder how some of those things are going to come into consideration, um, yeah. even with the sales. And so I want, you know, like with that, what teams have money to spend, um, or is the market for those types of guys even higher because they're not going to cost you a hundred million pounds or euros right. or whatever, right? You can get them for, you know, fifteen or between fifteen and thirty-five or whatever, fifteen and forty. Um, you know, different those. You know, you, you throw out to us in the MX two, right? And mm-hmm. if you're in that in that in that range, you know. Maybe maybe it, it's a little more palatable if you're coming from one of these teams that needs to make an upgrade but doesn't have, you know, a billion you know a billion dollars to spend on on players, and so I I again I, I wonder what the the what the COVID market has done to things if it either going to heat it up or slow it down. So I think we're probably in a sixty forty. They're going to sell them both to forty yeah. percent. They keep you know they keep them. But I think the likelihood is, you know, you're probably even higher percentage of one going and one staying again. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think, I think at this point you almost have to let, I, the time to sell Rossi is right now. Um, I, he just won the golden boot. He probably won't win it next year with a healthy Carlos there um, in under, nor, you know, under with a normal season. Um. I think I think now is the time. He's at the right age, um, and I think teams will have seen enough of him to just know exactly what he is. And the right team comes along, buys him, and starts him. Uh, Rodriguez, I think, he, you know, there's still there's still things in his game that he's developing. I and I think if he's the one on the left wing, especially with consistent striker play and you know consistency at that position that he's that he'll be fine so uh if they do just sell Rossi I think I I think this team still does really well with Rodriguez on the left wing or vice versa You, you never know I it's it's so tough to say with these guys because uh you know a year and a half ago we thought for certain that Rossi was gone and then it looked like in the summer that Rodriguez was going to be the one that was sold. So it's tough to say. And then, like you said, Atuesta could easily be in there. I mean, you could be looking at, I mean, would it be crazy for them to sell the three of them? Maybe not in the same window, but, you know, within a year of each other for 50 million euros. Um, I mean, I think that's well within reason and probably actually likely. I mean, 20 million for Rossi and 15 for Rodriguez and Atuesta each. Yeah, and I mean, especially you go, because you spent, you spent what, three million dollars on Antuesta, right? And, yeah, you know, yeah. if you can get anything above twelve, right? I mean, you're probably hoping cl- to get closer to eighteen to twenty for Rodriguez, if at right. all possible. Right. But I mean, again, so. you're you're playing with house money when with especially with Antuesta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for a team in a league that's hurting for money right now. You know, like I said, you beggars can't be choosers. Yeah, right. Um, then the last thing I wanted to talk about, Josh, was at striker because I feel like 
there are going to have to be some decisions made. And maybe if I just lay out my case for it and uh, let's hear what you think. But um, BWP is really good at what he does. And I feel like he's going to give you 30 to 40 minutes every game or so. Um, but uh, I think we see, also see the limitations. And you, you see that in Seattle where he's essentially just invisible during that match. Um, and there were other times during the season two, and he, I mean, he still gave you eight or nine goals this this year, but he clearly can't go. He clearly can't start every match. And I don't think Musovsky's the answer, to be honest. I think he's a depth piece that is going to come on and surprise you every now and again with a with a brace uh, when, when LAFC are blowing out teams. But um, I think it's a little bit of fool's gold with what he was able to produce this year. Not to say that they shouldn't keep him, but... It's still one of those positions where I think, man, just get a guy that's, you know, thoroughly two-footed or plays there regularly. I, I, I don't know. I know we, I know Vince kind of had us convinced that we were good with just buying wingers for DPs. But, um, again, maybe not a DP. I think I'd rather see a DP on either wing with, a, with one in the midfield. But um, I just feel like they need something – at the nine that is a little more consistent. And I think you saw that with uh, whenever Dio was on the field, whenever he was actually healthy, I think this team looked fantastic. And it's not something we've seen very consistently since his departure. Yeah. I mean, again, uh, like I've been hesitant to be like, oh, we have to have a number nine, but I think you you almost just need body, like physicality that mm-hmm. that our current front line lacks um so again it may not necessarily be a guy that you need to like spend tam again i don't think it's dp i think it's somewhere in the tam region um if you can bring in a guy like that i think that's your best bet because again i think what it ends up doing is it it takes more of that pressure off of carlos when you have dio charging down the middle of the field and then it just opens up that space underneath for him and for him to create and so, um, you know, again, it was in a different way than you saw from maybe a Christian Ramirez who floated to different spots. But again, I think yeah. having having that having that that balance of a guy who is going to be a little more physical and then a guy who can float into space and do these different things, I think that's that that kind of that change that we were talking about earlier, where you have to have just options. Whereas when you have, you know, your striker options are all finesse guys. Right. No matter what you change, it's kind of always the same style. And so I think that's kind of where your limitations are from an offensive perspective. If you don't have a little bit more of a bruiser in the middle who can just kind of create space for himself and for others, for that matter. Yeah. Work, right. Yeah. It's like, you know, we the Golden State Warriors are, are the Golden State Warriors for a reason is because they're they have, you know, they had three of the best guys in the world. Liverpool and Manchester City can do those things without a quote-unquote true number nine because they have some of the best players in the world. Again, when you're dealing with Major League Soccer and the, and the roster limitations, you're going to have to get two guys to do one per, a job that maybe some a world-class player can do on their own kind of thing. And so it's like, okay, yeah, maybe you know Vela's is close to it or whatever it may be, but again, your other two guys are, are not Sadio Mane, Roberto Firmino, you know, around the Mosala, right? Or they're not Raheem Sterling, Aguero, and and uh, 
Lirasane in the past and now, you know, um, whoever they have there at the moment, right? And they just score goals at will. And, and they're not your traditional players. But again, those guys are all world-class. We're not dealing with that. At, you know, as much as we'd love to think we are, we're not quite dealing with that level of talent. So at that point, the question becomes, okay, what? how do you build this team to now fit a need? And you, you almost have to use your depth and your ability to find different th- different people to do different things to fit the moment. Yeah. I just... I feel like you got to have somebody there. And the answer, I I just really don't think it's going to be the three-headed winger attack. So you got to find somebody there that is going to be consistent across all the different um, things that you need from a striker. Somebody who is going to be good dropping into the midfield. Somebody who's going to be good stretching the back line somebody who can interchange with the wingers when needed. Um, and one thing I, that I will say as well is I think Christian Torres is going to get there. I think the kid has a really, really bright future with a high ceiling, but he's still, you know, he's still a 16 year old kid. So you see some of the, you see how good he can be and some of his limitations in the Seattle game where, you know, he's, getting really physical with Alex Roldan and, and beating him to balls and everything. But then you also see him just getting beat for pace because he's running against 23, 24 year old men and he's a 16 year old kid. So uh, it's not that I don't think he can't do it in the future. I think you need a bit of a bridge. And like, like you said, I think that's more of a Tam profile. Yeah. And well, and the thing is, should he turn into a guy that can do those things? He won't be on the team for very long. Right. That's, yeah, that's that's absolutely that's kind of true. the other realization yeah. that we're kind of working with is, you know, guys guys who are of that talent level aren't aren't long for this league. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I think the last thing for us to do before we get into listener questions here is to kind of go through what a starting eleven might look like um, next year, and maybe some of the key depth pieces around there. So. I'll just go real quick. I see Cisniega, Palacios, Segura, uh, Mario, and Stephen Betashore esque right back um, as your as your defenders. I don't think they're going to move Atuesta yet, so I'm going to put Atuesta in the midfield with Cifuentes, and who I would assume is. Yeah, like a DP level midfielder. Again, this is a bit of wishful thinking on my part. Rodriguez on the left wing, assuming they've sold Rossi, with um, Christian Ramirez profile striker in the middle, and Carlos on on the right wing. Uh, and I think you still have Janela in the midfield mix. You still have K there as well. Um, you still got. Blessing, even though I think they probably should look at moving Blessing or K, as I find them a bit redundant as depth pieces. And I think Sefuentes is kind of locked down one of those midfield spots. Um, do you see it any differently there, Josh? No, I'm kind of in the same thought process there as it pertains to how this team is built, because like, I, there's only so many moves you can make, and I think those are your best options at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um so, I mean, that's that's where I go with it all. 
uh, man, I, and like you said, it's really tough to, to put actual names down or predict anything because with the, with the transfer market being what it is right now, with all the uncertainty in the world, it's, it's tough to say. Um, all right, Josh, let's get into some of these listener questions. I think some people had some good ideas. Um, Alistair Christie at Christie Alley. I think we answered the first one. Can you give us LAFC roster decision predictions? I assume Harvey and Dayon will not be picked up, but come back in January. Like always, I hope we pick up the option on Mario and also keep El Munir. His BWP on a two-year deal, he should get another year too. I think he was on a two-year deal, but I'm not positive. Do you remember what BWP was on? It may yeah, have just been a one-year deal. That I haven't heard anything to be able to you know give any affirmative news as to what, what he's on, unfortunately. Yeah, let me, I can see if I can look him up real quick. Um, anything else there from Alistair Christie that you want to get into, Josh? No, I mean, like, I think it kind of, kind of covers everything that we've kind of thought about it, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, f- I feel like we did answer, you know, the Mario uh, and El Munir questions. Um yeah, it's uh, Harvey's the tough one because uh, what is he thirty seven now? Mm-hmm. So you assume you just keep assuming he won't be back, but um, I wouldn't necessarily be angry if he was back uh, because I think he's provided solid minutes in in key spots for us. Yeah, I think he gives you a better. I mean, again, I think there's something to be said about locker room presences and things like that, and I think that's something that they've always thought of him highly in, you know, in regards to. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one from Tycho BNG at Tycho blue on the wish list minus the obvious right back problem is replacing Dio. There's a physicality missing up top that I miss. I'm fine if it's uh, not like for like of Dio, but quality is needed up top. In my opinion, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head with this one, Josh. You mentioned the physicality of Dio and just kind of like the overall quality. Um, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, somebody, and we might have people unsubscribe for this, but uh, if Josie Altador, Altador were able to stay healthy and is ready to move from Toronto, he'd be a guy that, you know, that kind of uh, level that I'd be looking at because I do think he does so many of those little things well. Um, but you're not going to get consistency out of him. So yeah, and again, I think I think the big thing, the one thing that we're we're also been pining for is a little bit more consistency and health. So you know, again, it it's a risk and one that I'm not sure you know too many too many fans are willing to take at this point, given what we've been dealing with as of late. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just to be clear, I'm not I'm not advocating for him because of that exact thing. He's just he's not healthy ever so um it's just not gonna happen i think that's part of the reason that if toronto were to move on that that would be part of the part of the reasoning because they can't rely on on him either so uh last question from Tycho bng is is segbers the new guido and i have to say absolutely because uh when i first read this my first thought was who is that <laughs> Josh, any any thoughts on that? I mean, I think he when he was brought in, it was because there was a you know this thing need and you know like 
when Guido came in, I think there was a little bit of expectation because he, you know, he had Liga, Mac, you know, Liga Mekis, you know, um, uh-huh. credentials uh-huh. and so on and so forth. In in the thing of Segwars, you know, like I'm not sure we were expecting anything other than, you know, it's like oh, we actually have, you know, right back after everyone's gone down or been hurt for, you know, x amount of time. So, you know, yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't think the expectation levels were quite the same, you know, all things considered, you know, to, to be fair to uh, Segbers. Yeah, I, I think I think he's just uh, of a lower profile. So prior to being with LAFC, uh, he we got we brought him in from Memphis 901, um, who got him on a free from Kansas City 2 who got him on a free from Revolution, who had him on loan from Orange County. So you're looking at a guy who's bounced around a lot. And I think, again, it was, like you said, kind of just like an emergency pickup where he wasn't ever going to be the guy. It was just, they were, you know, LAFC were scrambling. And what do you do, right? Um, so for me, that's what it's that's what it's about. Um I just brought up Bradley Wright Phillips and transfer marked. Uh, and it looks like, you know what? I don't, it doesn't list his con when his contract expires. So yeah, those things are rarely listed anymore. The league has yeah. become extremely secretive and most teams have in absence of actual hard and fast rules regarding these things. Yeah. Yeah. So Tough to say. I if I had to guess, I would assume he'd be back because he had success, and I think that they would love to fit him into the role that they originally brought him in for, which is super sub behind the starting number nine, which was Dio, and then Dio left. So uh, we'll see what happens. All right, from John T. Lang at John Lang PhD. Oh, doctor. Okay. Josh, you better get ready for this one. It's got to sound intelligent. I, know. I assume some churn in all of our positions, including midfield. I'd like to continue bringing our developing Cisniega and bring a less expensive backup than Vermeer. We have obvious need at right back, and I think we need someone to challenge Palacios more at left back. I like our central defenders. You want to take on that first one? He's yeah, got another I, one in this. I mean, thread, I think so. contract the contract issues will be the one. I mean, again, what what the contract terms were, I think, are the one things are the unknowns at this point. And once some of those things kind of come into fruition, we'll know a little bit more um, moving forward. But I think that's the one thing as it pertains to at least the situation with, with, you know, Cisnega and Vermeer and how those decisions are made. That, that would be the one thing that, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not quite sure how we'll play out, but I think it's specifically because of, you know, we'll end up being specifically because, you know, again, if they have to bring him back, it's because they either they saw something that we didn't, or because they're obligated to based on, from a financial standpoint. So yeah. Uh, speaking of Vermeer, his contract is up at the end of next year. No, at the end of 2022. Yikes. Yeah. So I mean, if that's if that's the case, then I would assume that he he is going to be back because you're not going to. There's no way that the team takes a, a cap hit on on that. Yeah, and I mean, to be honest, it's going to be you're either going to have to just eat the money and keep them on the bench or you're going to have to try and train up Sisniega 
and sell him on and force Vermeer to to play. I man, that is a bad contract. Yikes. Here we are reacting to this in real time as we find this out, Josh. Yeah. Okay. Um I, I think I do like his point about challenging Palacios a little bit more left back. I, I don't know uh I don't want I don't know that I want them to go out and sign a left back. I'd rather them just keep El Munir and give him um you know like a more clear path to to minutes. Um so John continues. I'd love to see Frankie Amaya and or Steven Eustachio. Eustachio. Eustachio in the midfield. I'm assuming, hoping BWP, Vela, and Torres stay as part of the front line and that Rossi and Rodriguez make the move to Europe. Uh, Carlos Hurtado from Venezuela or similar level DP talent would be needed. Yeah, I think we covered, you know, if... Uh, we kind of talked about if only one of Rossi and Rodriguez moved on and you're bringing in like a DP level midfielder. Um, but certainly if you sell both of them, you're going to need to bring in a new, a new DP level attacker as well. So yeah, tough to, man, it's just, it really is so tough because there are so many different things that could happen with all these young guys performing so well. Uh, next one, dark winter at mistakes underscore no questions rather than a wish list. Should LAFC get a new keeper? Do both Cisniega and Vermeer fall short? I think we've gone after that one quite a bit. Will LAFC solve right back? Josh, if you had to put money on it, do you think they will actually solve right back? I think it goes to Blackman. Yeah, I think that's the easiest answer. Man. I mean, again, I think he has the experience and you also haven't spent money on it. I mean, you you it's but in in a cash cash strapped time i think it's your to be fair i think it may be your best option yeah yeah all right the mid looked great at times in 2019 but was easily shaken what does lafc need to be need to uh, what does lafc need to be solid in the midfield i think we answered that i think you you need a, a 10 who's uh, able to create more so it's not just on atuesta uh, to be the deep line playmaker, and will t- 2021 Vela be as amazing as 2019? I think so. I, I think I think Vela, with all the stability and being actually and actually playing, because I mean you're talking about a guy who didn't even play in the in the MLS's back tourney um, either. So I think with a full off season and being able to play, assuming he stays healthy, is going to be good. Your your thoughts on Vela, Josh? Yeah, I mean, obviously, what is it? Father time has no, you know, always wins or whatever the saying is. Father time is undefeated. Yeah, so I mean, that 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 will always come into a factor, but I think there's enough there that I think he'll continue to make, you yeah. know, and he'll, he, again, he may not be, you know, 30 goal MVP Vela, but he'll be effective in this league for a while. Yeah, absolutely. All right, last one, Lionel Hutz, at from Cheap Seat. Do you think they went too far with the youth movement? Personally, love seeing the team play the long game of developing young players, but does result but does result in inconsistent play. If MLS keeps this playoff format, consistency will be key. Does the team need more experienced players? I think the uh, the answer here is undoubtedly yes, and it's for all those reasons. You see LAFC put up inconsistent play and not have like the 
the the fire or like I, the, all the intangibles that we normally don't like to talk about. They don't have the gumption to win big games or, you know, the consistency. They're easily shaken uh, in big moments. And I think that has a lot to do with the youth movement. Um, so I think we, I mean, we kind of talked about it, adding some veterans to the back line where you're going to get consistent play there and adding more of a veteran presence to the midfield. Again, kind of in that B list South American DP level midfielder, um, might be just the thing that they need. Uh, anything else on that, Josh? No, I mean, I think we touched on a lot of those that, that earlier. Yeah, I almost feel like we're going in circles now. But uh, thank you to everybody who tweeted at the show. I'm sorry if we didn't (laughs) bring these up earlier and then cross them off as we went along. But I think we, I think we got, uh, I think we covered most everything and gave people a good path forward for either what we want to see or hopefully what LAFC is going to be doing as we think these are the answers. Um, well, Josh, anything else before we get out of here? No, I mean, I think the big thing is I think we're looking for, like everyone, we're all looking forward to the start of a new year, start of something different, and, you know, hopefully a return to what we've come to expect from the black and gold. Yeah, absolutely. In the meantime, you can tweet at the show. We'd love to hear what your starting 11s would be. And uh, if you have ideas or specific names, please tweet at either me or Josh or the show at counterpress underscore me at Kirk Kinsey, Josh, uh, LAFC Josh on Twitter. All right. We will talk to you all later. Uh, probably after the season.